So one of the most familiar verses in the Bible, which most of you in this room know by heart, I'm going to start. You learned it probably in the King James, so we'll do it that way. And as soon as you know what I'm saying, you say it with me. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth him should not perish, but have eternal life, everlasting life. King James. <laughs> Father, one of the most consistent, encouraging things that Ozzy and Lois said to me was, thanks for getting us in the word. Thanks for getting us in the word. So we want to get in the word for a few minutes, this precious word. I ask for your help and I ask that we would all believe it. In Jesus name, amen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him might not perish, but have eternal life. There's four great realities in that verse. Number one, there's a, a great danger, perishing. Number two, there's a great design for escaping that danger, the love of God sending his son. Number three, there's a great duty by which we get connected to that design, believing. And number four, there is a great destiny, everlasting life. Let's talk about those. We need to just meditate on those. I mean, a familiar verse can sometimes blow by so fast, so familiar. We lose the sense of the majesty and the weight and the glory, the beauty, the wonder of these realities. There's a great danger. You might say, well, perishing, that's what everybody does. No, it's not what everybody does. Everybody dies, not everybody perishes. I mean, let me read the next verse, right? He who believes in him is not judged. He who does not believe has been judged already. It's not about dying, it's about judgment. Or here's, here's verse 36 of the same chapter. He who believes in the Son has eternal life, but he who does not obey the Son does not see life, but the wrath of God rests on him. It's not about dying. This is about judgment and wrath. Perishing is remaining under the wrath of God. No escape. That's perishing. 
Why is sin so serious that it would involve remaining forever under the just and holy wrath of God? Why would sin be so serious? The answer is that God is the most worthy person in the universe. His greatness and his value and his beauty are infinite. All things are measured by him. He's the beginning. He's the end. Every one of you and every other person among the eight billion on this planet depend totally on him for everything at every moment. We owe him perfect trust, allegiance, love, worship, honor, respect, obedience. He owns us. He made us. He is worthy more worthy than anybody or anything else and therefore opposing him, distrusting him, dishonoring him, neglecting him is an infinite insult. And an infinite insult to an infinite being is worthy of an infinite wrath. That's why sin is so serious. Pastor John, this is a funeral. What's with this? What's, what's, it? what's with hell? What's with wrath? What's with perishing? Thanks for getting us into the word, Pastor John. What good might that do in this room right now? What good might that do? This is a letter a young woman wrote to me in 1992, handwritten, put it in my file. She came into my office in 1985, young 20-something, living with her boyfriend, having sex together outside marriage, feeling guilty, professing Christian, and she sits down and she says, I'll just read you what she wrote. So this is seven years later, first I'd heard from her. 1985, I wonder whether you remember a very much younger me sitting in your office and telling you I was afraid God would have to use a car accident or some other awful event to get my attention you pointed out that the consequence of my deliberate choice to continue sinning would be nothing short of hell itself. No one had ever before told me I was headed for hell, missionary kid that I was, saved at the age of six. It was a turning point in my life. And I have wanted to thank you and tell you that ever since. I assured mom that a warning such as that in 1985 
made me feel all the more loved after I heard what you really think of hell, that you cared enough to tell me a stranger at the time means more than ever with the echo in my ears. Your compassion certainly came through. For 20 years, she sent me a Christmas card thanking me. I just saw her at the Bethel Christmas Gala last December with a smile on her face, hugging me. That's what, that's what wrath is for. You know, funerals are glorious moments. They just smack you right in the face and say, wake up. This is it, right? There she is. Or is she? Where is she? Wake up. This is reality. This is, we all go to sleep. We need funerals. We, we all go to sleep spiritually. How many, have I, how many have I been to? How many hundreds have I been to? They're so good for me. They are so good for me. This is a great privilege, Steve. That's the danger. Enough bad news. Then in this verse comes the design. For God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son. So that doesn't have to happen. That's the design. Thank God for the design of love. So just let this sink in. God exists. Absolute existence. We're not ultimate. God is ultimate. Second, God has a son. <laughs> a son. Not like the Muslims think we think, right? They get it all wrong. They get it all wrong. When they say, oh, you Christians think God had sex with Mary and, and then Jesus came out and he's got a son. That's not what we think. What do we think? God has a son? <laughs> For God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son. Now, this gospel, John, is the great help on that question. How does it begin? In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Verse 14 and the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have beheld his glory, glory as of the only son from the father. Oh, now we have it. Son is not like you got to have sex with another God or with a human in order to have a baby called Jesus. You can call him son. This son was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Jesus never had a beginning in God. The Son is co-eternal with the Father, eternally begotten. 
I better stop here because we just reached the end of our mystery comprehension. God has a son who is God and never came into being. And he sent him into the world to die for God insulters. There isn't a greater reality in the universe than the design of God to save us from the wrath of God. Glorious, glorious truth. Thanks for getting us in the word, Pastor John. Let me read 1 John 4, 8. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. Danger, wrath, design, love in Christ to save sinners like us, like Lois. Number three, the duty. For God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son so that whoever believes in him, that's the duty, believing. That's the way we get connected with the design of salvation through the love of God in Jesus. Believing connects us. What is it? Are you connected? What's believing? It's not just affirming a fact as true. The devil affirms facts, more facts than we even, we even know are true. So what's the difference between saving believing and devil believing? This gospel answers all important questions. Here's chapter six, verse 35 of John's gospel. I am the bread of life. This is Jesus talking. I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger. And whoever believes in me shall never thirst. So how would you define believing that leaves you forever never thirsting, saved forever? Whoever comes to me shall not hunger or believes in me shall never thirst. Here's my definition from that verse. Believing, saving believing is a coming to Jesus so as to have your soul thirst satisfied forever. That's believing. Coming to Jesus so as your, your soul thirst things we listen to music for, the things we go to movies for, the things we eat for, the things we have sex for, the things we buy houses for, the things we go on vacations for, all these longings found in Jesus as the superior treasure of the world. That's believing. 
It's a gift. You can't make yourself treasure anything. You can't make yourself thirsty for water you don't like. You can't make yourself hungry for bread you despise. It's a gift. By grace are you saved through faith. This is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not of works lest anyone should boast. So we, we cry, oh God, come. Grant that my eyes would be open. Grant that I would see the way Lois saw Jesus. I gotta see the way Lois saw because she loved. She was a miracle. She was a miracle. In more ways than one, she believed that's a miracle. And she believed for, when was she saved? Do you know what age she was when she put her faith in Jesus? 90 years, maybe 80? That's a long time to believe, to wake up every morning. I still believe, I still believe, I still believe. How did that happen? It happened because Jesus said, I give them eternal life and they will never perish and nobody will snatch them out of my hand. I'm holding her. See, when my mom died, we put on the gravestone kept by the power of God. And you, you should put, I shouldn't be saying this, but you could put, she was kept a long time by the power of God. We should all be thankful. So the duty of faith unites us to the design of love and escapes the wrath of God. Finally, destiny. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. What's that? It's like, extend this. <laughs> no, thank you. Here's John 17, 3. Jesus is praying to his father, this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. Eternal life is bumped up life from this life to a personal, intimate, sweet, knowing, relating, fellowshipping, cherishing, treasuring relationship with God. God is the essence or Jesus. I am the way, the truth and the life. I am the life, know me, have life. And it's not interrupted at death. This right here, this event from the seventh February didn't interrupt her life. Steve, I can say, Dorothy, all the family, I can say with biblical authority, the Lois Nelson 
in her essence, her person, the person you love, not, not the decaying body, but the person isn't dead. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live, and he who lives and believes in me shall never die. Never. She isn't dead. That's amazing. What a message we have. What we have lived for, what we have given ourselves to, is great. And the best is yet to come. She's not done yet. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound and the dead in Christ will be raised and we shall be changed. For this perishable, must put on the imperishable, and this mortal must put on immortality. When this perishable puts on the imperishable, and this mortal puts on immortality, then will come to pass what is written. Death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin. The power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through Jesus Christ. Concluding word. Therefore, my beloved brothers and sisters, be steadfast. Some of you have a long life in front of you. Some of us will join her very soon. Be steadfast in what you have left, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. Let's pray. Thank you that you told us the danger to avoid. Thank you that from all eternity you designed a love with your son to rescue us from that danger. Thank you that the duty is not to climb our way to heaven or to work our way into your favor, but to rest, to believe, to value, to trust, to depend. And thank you for the immeasurable wonder of everlasting joy in your presence. Thank you. And thank you for the embodiment that Lois was as she escaped the danger, as she delighted in the design as she embraced the duty and as she now more fully than ever enjoys the destiny. I pray for everybody in this room to follow her in that path. In Jesus' name, amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. 
The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. And all the people said, <laughs>